Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. Good morning. Happy Monday, Father. How you doing? I'm doing great. You had a great weekend. Oh, I love busy this weekend. weekend. I, it's a good busy, though. It's a great busy. Our first three First Communions in the books. Yep. From our school second graders. And wow, that we was... A, we had a lot of kids that came yesterday on Sunday with their gowns on at yep. 9 a.m., uh, 10.30. And surprisingly, I had I had the 5.30 mats. A lot came at 5.30. Oh, nice. I, I, one of the moms said... Yeah, she wanted to come to 9 a.m. I'm like, sweetheart, we've been, and she, the poor thing, because, you know, father put the first communion the same day as a school musical, and this girl was in the <laughs> in a 12 noon, at the 12 noon first communion party, and then And then musical. the frozen musical, yep. And um, so the, the mom was like, yeah, we're not getting up early. We're going to, and even though they never go to 5.30 mass, but, uh, but it was great. We had about, I'd say about. 10 to 12 kids at 5 30 father That's andrew awesome. had 16 to 20 there were some at 10 30 yep. i there were some at, i had did it at the 12 30 or some at 12 30 so all you know, the kids showed up to make their second communion yesterday right. on sunday on the lord's day absolutely well and how it, beautiful were they they on were saturday they looked beautiful oh. it was there were beautiful uh, beautiful masses and uh we were we were just ecstatic and, and the kids were we we had we had two that were a little too excited let's just put it that yeah. way <laughs> That we had uh, during the Our Father, uh, the twelve noon. I have two kids that were very excited, and uh, that um, they got a little sick. They got a little sick. That they, they went went to the bathroom, and I'm, I'm and they thinking, came back. They came, they came back. back in time for the first communion. <laughs> they were they were they were good. It's nerves, and that's and this is my philosophy in terms of first communion. Is to keep it simple. Don't put too much in the kids. Just you know, because you know, in a lot of places, they read, they sing, they yeah. they 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 do a song and dance for the parents or whatever it is, or they bring up. All these things and things that have to all they have to do is come in, yep. remember their prayers, sing the songs, and just receive celebrate Jesus. mass. But I have a great story. I think I told you this uh, after one of the communions. What a great story! One of our one of our he's a special young man, and I'm blanking on his name right now. That's how special he is, and I'm blanking on his name. <laughs> Anyways, he comes up to me, and, and you know my homily. I talked about hunger, how we hunger for Jesus. Like yeah. it's going, you know, first communion is like going to a restaurant, and you know. All these years you haven't been able to eat, but now you're able to eat at mass. And 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 I it was twelve the twelve noon mass, and I asked him, "Are you a little hungry?" And I go, "Yeah, yeah, I'm a little hungry." I go, father's a little hungry. So this little young man, all of eight years old, comes up to me in pure innocence. He says, "Father, remember you were you know I told you I was hungry during mass." I go, "Yeah." He goes, "Well, as soon as I ate Jesus, I'm not hungry anymore. I feel full." <laughs> I'm like. That is Eucharistic theology. There you go. That's 101. Awesome. <laughs> Eight-year-olds get it. It's awesome. So, but it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful Sunday. I mean, beautiful Saturday, beautiful Sunday. And um, there was a lot going on in the parish. It, there really was. And um, we're just ecstatic. You know, we had our musicals, both of them sold out. I mean, it was just both nights, uh, you know, Miss Fiol and, and her drama team did an amazing job putting on Frozen. Uh, the sisters invited the sisters from Carol. Oh, nice! And so we we had we had a bunch of I invited another school principal to see it. Uh, it was just great to have um, to have the kids and to see all that talent up there and to see our kids shine. And 
and I was saying this the other day to the teachers that yesterday, last week was um, Teachers Appreciation Week. That you know, a lot of the teachers are seeing the kid, you know, either their students or kids that they've had in class, you know, up there performing and doing just these just remarkable things and singing and and technology. And there was a lot of there was a lot of sleight of hand in terms of theater magic, so to speak. And they're in tears. And they're also in tears because of what one of our teachers does, what one of their coworkers does with these kids, which is just miraculous, just absolutely beautiful. You, you were there for, for the first show on Friday morning, and it, it's just every year just keeps getting better and better. And your daughter had a great reaction. Oh, yeah. She's like, I, I can't wait to be in the, in the theater team. Yeah. I'm like, all right, let's go. She's, How soon can I get her in there? She's all five years old, and I don't <laughs> think they start until second grade, but yeah. it's only, we're almost there. We're but that, there. but that they were able to pull us off with elementary school students. Mm-hmm. Like I had to remind myself, this is not a high school production. No, nope. these are eighth, our eighth grade. You know, so you have middle schoolers can that yeah, can you know pull off yep. you know certain things. But then when you incorporate seven year olds and eight year olds yep. and nine year olds, and it's like, and coming in now, obviously that that's nine months of them getting screamed at to be quiet, to not you know to not be you know. To not be, yep. you know, hustling and bustling, and 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 because they're, you know, the little, they're little balls of energy, and to be quiet as they walk up to the stage, right. as they come down, it, it's 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 just a feat, and 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 the moms that helped out, and everybody who helped out with that, was just incredible, it was just a, a joy, when you see our parish doing so many different things, yep. like right now we're do, also in the midst. I'm just going through the list. We're doing a, a baby shower for the Respect Life office, and not a day goes and by. every that weekend that box is overflowing. It's yep. full. It, it, it really is full. We're doing stuff for Cuba also. Oh. Uh, you know, we just sent 1200 uh, bucks mm-hmm. down uh, to Cuba to help, uh, you know, do a retreat for Emmaus for, for the deacons of the, of the island, yep. and, and that's something we're doing. There's so many things going on, and I'm forgetting things because yep. there's so many things going on in the parish that it's just, May is... Father Andrew had a great line yesterday. It's a it's a month full of grace, yep. just like Mary. Absolutely, because we have confirmations coming up. We have more first communions coming yep. up. We have ordination this weekend, so pray for the five young men who will be ordained uh, on Saturday. So all these things are going on, and within this context, we hear yesterday's reading telling us that we are living stones, yes. that we're part of this craziness mm-hmm. that is the church. We're part of this grace-filled environment that is the church. And the I, I focused a lot. And Jorge wasn't at my mass. Uh, Father Andrew and I put a, pulled a switcheroo on you. We, we switched 1030 and 1230 because, you know, I don't have to give my reason. We just did. Okay, so <laughs> anyways. Because um, you're the pastor and you No, no, we, no, we were talking about it and I had, he hadn't done 1030 in a while. <laughs> I hadn't done 1230 in a while. And that's why we switched it. Well, there you go. I gave my reason. Um, but... The second reading yesterday from second chapter of first Peter chapter uh, verse four come to him a living stone rejected by human beings but chosen and precious in the sight of God and like living stones let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ and that theme of chosen was one I harped on because we so often forget that we are chosen. What, what St. Peter says at the end of the street, but you are a chosen race, 
a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own, that you may announce the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. See, we forget that we are chosen. It's like, how could you forget? How could Lexi forget that you're her father? She can't. You're the one that provides. You're the one that comforts her. You're the one that, you know, that admonishes her when she does something wrong. You're the one that protects her from NJ, all that. Okay? How could she Especially forget? Especially that. Especially that. <laughs> How could she forget? She won't forget. But yet we, just like the prodigal son, forget that we have a father. Forget that we've been chosen. Not that we just have a father, but that he has chosen us to be his. And this, obviously, St. Peter is referencing all these, these um, this comes in quotes in, in, the, in the Bible. A chosen race, a royal priesthood, a people of his own, a holy nation. This is from the Old Testament. So this Hebrew notion that we're, that they're chosen now translates to the Messianic times, to the people that follow Jesus, to us. That through Jesus Christ, we have been chosen. Through baptism, we have been chosen. We are children of God. And that's something that we so often forget when we wander off into sin. And we'll get into the gospel in a second in terms of wandering off from the way. But when we wander off, we forget and, and, and that's why St. Peter says, come to him, a living stone. You know, the, the, the artwork that you cho chose, Jorge, for the bulletin was perfect because it had that... Big old stone. That big stone, that cornerstone, which we hear about a lot during Easter. The stone rejected by the builders has become the cornerstone. And we're part of those stones. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the cornerstone. Now he chooses us to be part of this church, to be part of his church, to be part of this royal priesthood, this holy nation, people of his own. Yeah, you know, as, as you were talking about, you know, everything that's going on in the parish and, and this month of grace, I was just reminded, last Wednesday I popped in to see our confirmation class, and I was literally just going in to say hi, because I hadn't seen them in a, in a while, so I just wanted to go and, and say hi. And I ended up spending like 10, 15 minutes speaking with them. and And I was just telling them, not that numbers matter. You know, at, at the end of the day, it's, it's not about numbers. But I was saying, you're going to be confirmed with 79 other candidates. Speaking to, to each one of them individually. There's 80 candidates who are being confirmed in our spring class, which is one of the highest spring confirmations we've had in at least the last decade that I've been managing the program. And who knows how long before that, that we've had that many people. And again, it's not about numbers. But I said that... You remember two years ago when they started this program, you know, all of them that were there with their arms crossed, and saying, I don't want to be here. This is a waste of time. You know, this is stupid. My mom is forcing me to be here. And I said, think about, think about where you were sitting that day. And now two years later, you're still in these seats. And I said, the, you're not here because of anything we did. You're here because the Lord called you here. And those who, who continued this year, the Lord wanted them to continue. And those who dropped off or went to another parish, the Lord called them to that to that place. But you are here two years later because the Lord has called you to this moment. Right? And you are not alone. You know, and, and I said, you know, you're, you're being joined by our candidates in the RCIA and people from other parishes who, who couldn't do their confirmation at there, so they're coming here. I said, you're going to be confirmed with 79 other candidates. And just the, the reassurance of, it's a lot. It, but just to, <laughs> to wrap your, your mind around that number, you know, of, of how alive this church is, mm -hmm. you know, and so when I, when, when I went to Mass and we hear this image of you're the living stones, you know, how often have we said, 
to anyone who thinks the church is dead, look around. Yeah, because it is so alive. You know, I'm thinking of the rosary last week that we had, we announced with one day's notice because it kind of snuck up. It snuck up on us. Yeah, it did. And we ran out of chairs. We've never run out of chairs. No. And, and we ran out of chairs. And again, not that numbers matter, but it's a it's a beautiful sign of just how alive this parish is. And and you see it. You know, last week we had a, a, a we had an immense retreat that was very that yep. was full for more than twenty guys, and and that was very alive and. And we have so many things coming up, and and you think, okay, we're coming up on summer, and that's you know what, what we're meeting about this later on today, you know, saying, okay, what, what are we doing during the summer? Because yeah. we don't, you know, the, the church doesn't fall asleep during the summer, doesn't go on vacation, the church doesn't go anywhere. We're here. The people do. The, the people do. <laughs> Father does. You know, Jorge does. We're all jumping the pond. You know, not together, but uh, we're you know we're we're going places. But still, when you come back, it's good mm-hmm. to know. Oh wait, there's something going. You know, first of all, mass never stops. Right. You know, the sacraments mm-hmm. never stop. Weddings have to stop because we're doing some work on the roof. Yep. But you know, but the sacraments keep going. The mass keeps going. And the people of God, you know, thank we're, we're we sometimes complain about this. You know, we're like, Father, can we do this? I'm like, oh, we already have that. But it shows that the people want. Yep. Well, they're to, invested. They're, they're invested. invested. They want to do things. They want to. They want to serve, you know. Like this, this, this uh, one of the things I forgot when I was mentioning all the things that are going on. The homeless ministry every every mm-hmm. every Mother's Day they do a shoe drive to take to the Miami Rescue Mission. So please, any shoes that are lightly worn, bring them in uh, to to, um, to the church. And all these things that we're doing, you know, it's to serve. It's because I remember I was at a parish once that won't remain nameless that I had to preach on this reading. And it was a parish that people just came in and sat there like lumps and log. And it took a lot to shake them. It took a lot to, you know, kick them in the rear end and say, hey, you're part of the body of Christ. You know, let's, you have to be living stones. You can't be dead stones. You can't be stagnant stones. And when you do that, when you try to whip it up, you know, it, it something happens. It's the spirit that stirs in them. And we're coming up now, we're less than three weeks from Pentecost, and actually today's first reading, I mean, sorry, today's gospel, Jesus at the very end, he goes, well, when I send, when I leave, I will send you the advocate, the Holy Spirit. He will, he will explain everything to you, and he will guide you. And we trust on that, on that spirit to guide us as a church and to stir the church up, to make us those living stones that are acceptable to God and that have been chosen by God. With all our faults, with all our weaknesses, with all our sins, with all the things that we have carrying on, with all the defects we have, he still chooses us to be part of this great body of Christ. He still chooses us to be part of this church. And it doesn't matter, you know, if we're not good at this or we're not good at that, we're called to do something because we're chosen by him to do great works in his name. Yeah, I don't know if you mentioned it, but Father Andrew did. He said, you know, we're... we're what a blessing and a privilege it is to have a church, a parish church as beautiful as ours. You know, but if you look around, I don't care how tall the dome is, you know, how ornate the altar is, you know, how expensive the marble is, all of that without the people yeah, I is nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a pretty building. You know, but what makes the church the church is the people. And that's what we that's what we see, especially this month, but what we've been seeing increasing over the last several weeks and months and, and you know as we as we 
emerged out of the pandemic and and the parish came to life again is the people you know and that's why i said you know numbers don't matter but look around at the activity look around at the at the movement of the spirit you know how people are being called and and just coming out of the woodworks you know to to do things and to be part of this church to enter into the church you know that we had 18 baptisms this year it's still amazing to me adult baptisms mm-hmm. you know and again not that numbers matter but it's a it's a beautiful symbol of how alive this parish is and, and how much the holy spirit is moving in our people another thing is that on um saturday morning because we had the, the first communion starting at 10 oh, yeah. we had to move confessions over to the par- to the parish office and you know even before you know father gulo gave the mass and i and i texted him before please announce that confessions are in parish office because the first communions I went over to get my, you know, some stoles to bring over to the office, mm-hmm. and I look over, and already the line is forming. It starts forming during communion <laughs> of the eight o'clock mass, and I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll see how this goes. And it was a long line, and somehow they made it over to the church. I mean, to the parish office from the church. Somehow we were hearing confessions. You know, you know usually we hear them straight through till ten. There were four of us hearing confessions for a good, you know, a good hour, fifteen yeah. minutes without stopping. You know, people still. You know, I, I was in an office that had a view of of the uh, of the of the sidewalk leading up to the office, mm-hmm. and there was people in the lobby and going out the the um, the the steps of the office yeah. down into the sidewalk, and it was just marvelous to behold. And and I text Jorge. I go, "What would you do? You know, what did you do before when you had communions? And you know, and 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 he said, and and what you what did you say? Yeah, I said. Saturdays back then used to be uh, the same the same seven cats every Saturday. So what we're saying is that... And now that we have these lines... Yeah, Father Uku and I were talking oh, about that. Uh, I don't beautiful. know if it was Saturday Just or even beautiful. yesterday morning, because we had breakfast yesterday morning, but Father Uku, it was yesterday morning. Father Uku and I were talking about that, how much of the pandemic has reawakened in people the need for frequent confession. Yep. And that's what helps us to be better members of the body of Christ. That just helps us better to be, to be better members, you know, to be better living stones, if you will, you know, to smooth out the rough edges of those stones, to, to, to clean up that stone, to be able to like give a good pressure cleaning, yep. to, to make it look, to make it shine. Because there's nothing more beautiful than, you know, when, when you go to, to Europe and you see these churches, you know, you look at St. Peter's Basilica, you see a Duomo over in Florence and they're lit up. And, and it's like they shine. And that's the bride of Christ. We are the, you know, we as a member, we are the bride of Christ, the church. And so it leads us into the gospel where Jesus proclaims he's the way, the truth, and the life. And really for us to fulfill our vocation, for us to truly recognize that we are chosen, we have to Listen to those words. And I, and I mentioned that, okay, Jesus, throughout the Gospel of St. John, and this is from the 14th chapter of the Gospel of St. John, but throughout the Gospel of St. John, Jesus proclaims, I am the bread of life. Last week we heard, I am the good shepherd. I am the gate. You know, I am the resurrection and the life. But here, and there's several others, but here he says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And this has... You know, so much power behind it because Bishop Barron said it, you know, and it's something that he took from C.S. Lewis. It's like, 
if he is lying to us, it's the biggest scam in the history of the world. Because, and he mentions, and Bishop Barron mentions, you know, Confucius and Buddha and says, you know, they say, they're not, they, they suggest, or even Muhammad, they're suggesting this is the way, okay, to quote the Mandalorian. You know, but no, Jesus says, no, 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 this is, he doesn't say, this, you know, follow the, no, he says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. So, what it says to us is, if we are not following the way, we are not walking in the path that Jesus wants us to walk. If we are not living, if, we're, if we don't believe in the truth, excuse me, if we don't believe in the truth that Jesus gives us, then we're living a lie. And if we're not living the life that Jesus wants us to live, he is a life. And is it, then it is a life not worth living. It's a wasted life. And the thing is, I look around and, you know, you see people that are just wasting their lives away, just doing nothing, that have so much talent, have so many things, and forget, like the prodigal son, that they are chosen to be these living stones, that they are chosen to follow the way, to, to believe in the truth, and to live that life that Jesus wants us to live. It is such a powerful statement that Jesus makes about himself. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Then Philip follows up and goes, okay, wait a second. You know, if, if you, because Jesus says, no one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes, you know, if you know me, then you know, you also know my Father. From now on, you know him and have, and have seen him. Now Philip says to him, Master, show us the Father. And Jesus is like, dude, okay, I've been with you this long. Have I been with you for so long a time? And you still do not know me, Philip? Because obviously we know that when we stare at Jesus, we're staring at the face of the Father. We're staring at the merciful face of the Father who loves us, who sent his Son to give his life for us, to raise from the, rise from the dead, to give us eternal life, to give us that mansion that he talks about at the beginning of the gospel, to prepare a place in his Father's house for us. So, But for us to do that, we have to walk in the way. We have to believe in the truth, and we have to live in the life of Jesus. If not, we're walking in the wrong direction, we're believing a lie, or we're, we're living a life that is not worth living, a wasted life. Yes. Is is the half is the is the glass half empty or is it half full? And, and our answer should always be it's overflowing. You know, if we really understand, if we really get it, you know, yeah, the, we're gonna have our ups and our downs, and but we're not empty. You know, and and when when we when we follow Jesus, there is no such thing as empty. You know, and, and it's something we spoke about last week as we you know as we reflected on the psalm. You know, our cup overflows. The the graces that the Lord wants to pour out on us are so beyond anything that we can imagine. You know, and, and that it, beautiful image, you know, that in my father's house, there are many, many rooms, you know, many, 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 many rooms for all of us. There's, a, there's a, a place prepared for us, you know, and it's ours to lose. And that's, I think that's something that we, we usually forget. You know, it, it's when, when we stand for judgment at the end of our life, it's no one else's fault. It's our own's. So did we live a life worthy of that place or or did we lose it for ourselves? You know, and, and that's why it's so important 
to keep this laser focus on what we're doing, on, on the way that we're walking, on, on the truth that we're believing, you know, on the life that we're living. And you, know, you think of, and as a priest, obviously, you, 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 I go and encounter people, but you know, usually I deal with the people that come to us, but when I go out and I encounter people that ha- know this truth, were taught this truth, and for whatever reason, are lost. Yep. And they reflect that in their lives, they're not happy, they're not joyful, they don't have peace. And the thing is, they know the recipe, they know, yep. you know, the direction. They know the GPS coordinates, mm-hmm. okay? They know how to get back. They just don't want to. And I, and it's something that, and, and yes, it could be people that are, you know, suffering depression, that are that are suffering from whatever it is they're suffering from, mental anguish, which should not be discounted. But that's where we as their friends, as their family members, need to wake them up and say, come with me to church. You know, well, I don't want to. Come with me to church. You know, I, the priest is boring. I don't like the music. You know, the people, you know, no, no, no. Just sit there. You never know when lightning will strike. You know, it was a gentleman that walked out of um, walked out of mass this weekend, and I forget if it was it was early it was early yesterday morning, and 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 he says, "Father, I'm here six weeks a year. My children live down the street. They don't come to mass. I go one day, probably they will, but but thank you." He said, "Your your parishioners are amazing." I'm like, "Oh, oh thank you." <laughs> you know, and it, and it's a testament to our to all of you. That you make him feel welcome. This stranger that came in and says, "Here's six weeks." I was actually yesterday. There were several people uh, that came up to me that said, "This is our first time here." That gentleman, nice. you know, uh, there was a Brazilian family after after the five thirty mass that introduced themselves to me that they, that it was their first time there, here in church. Actually, there was a, they had a baby and they had maybe a four or five year old that it was their first time coming to a church. Wow. I'm like, okay. We nice. can work with that. Nice. We can work with that. And then people coming up to me already, you know, they saw the first communion kids. And so they're saying, okay, Father, you know, look at my little one. Yep. It, was, it was one that was six or seven years old. This little one right here needs for communion. When mm-hmm. does it start? I go, call the office Monday morning. We, we apologize, Sophia. She's taking all those calls this morning for his assistant. <laughs> you know, so, but it shows that people are coming and they're bringing with them people that usually don't come. And that's, and that's the, and see, that's, that's the beauty of it, but it's also the hard part. Because I'm thinking of so many people, so many souls that are just lost. And they need to wake up. And they need to remember that they are chosen. They've been chosen for something great. They've been chosen for greatness. And it doesn't matter if you have the, if you're a CEO of a company or if you're a bricklayer, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. You've been chosen for greatness. You've been chosen. Now, all weekend long, I said, and I, when I woke up this morning, I go, I'm not going to mention this in the podcast, but it just came to mind. All weekend long, they didn't watch a thing about the coronation in, in, um, in England of King Charles III. And then last night, uh, I, when I went to bed, I go, let me just see, because it's, it is a liturgy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I wanted to see how the anointing went, and you know, and the, and the crown, and the prayers said, and these are prayers that go back to you know to ancient times, and 
the anointing of a king goes back to even you know to Old Testament times, and it was mentioned and in, in the prayers. Uh, Anglicans are very, 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 very close to us when it comes to their liturgy, yep. and they do it very, very well. And the prayer right before the king's anointing, what mentioned the second reading, that we are a chosen race, a holy priesthood of people called to be his, to be his own. That, okay, this man was chosen by God to be you know, king of, of Great Britain, but just like all of us, we're chosen yep. to be part of the priest of the priestly office of Jesus, part of the prophetic office of Jesus, yep. part of the kingly office of yep. Jesus. That we are anointed to serve, to be prophetic, and to offer sacrifices, which Saint Peter mentions as well. To offer sacrifice, to be able to come to church and to offer our prayers. Yep. So we offer our prayers for those who are lost and that need to be woken up, to be reminded that they are living stones called to greatness and are crowned with glory by their baptism. And we forget that. And they forget that. Yep. We have to remind them. For sure. And and we and it it is our responsibility to remind them. That's why I love when the just before communions, you know, the, in the weeks leading up to it, I take all our kids over to the church. Yeah, and I just give them a quick, you know, this is this is that stained glass window and this is what's in front of the windows. Uh in the the um you know the designs in front of each of the of the windows with the the rosary and the and the sacraments. But my favorite one is I say, look up, look up to that dome. I say, you can't see it from where we're sitting, but right on top of that dome is a cross. And I say, and, and and you can't see it from where you're sitting, but if you go to the entrance of the church and you look up, you'll see that there's four stained glass windows. And I say, what are those four stained glass windows? And they start making their guesses. I say, no, it's it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I say, you know, this church faces east, so each of those windows faces. North, east, south, and west, which are the four cardinal directions. And I say, you know, when we look up at that dome, it's a it's a beautiful reminder to us of our baptismal call to spread the gospel to every corner of the world. You know, because what what's being proclaimed is that cross on top, and the four directions that the gospels are facing, those four cardinal directions: north, east, south, and west. So, you know, our, our natural inclination when we walk into our churches to look up to that beautiful dome. You know, and and I invite them, and you know, I pass that along to our to our listeners. You know, when you look up at that dome. Make that be a reminder to you that it's it's my job. It's no one else's job. It's my job to take that gospel and proclaim it to every person that I encounter, to every corner of this world that I travel, because that's what my baptism calls me to do. You know, and, and you just see them like, whoa, that's cool, that's cool, that's cool. <laughs> but it's true. It's true. You know, and our 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 church is so beautifully symbolic. There's so much richness in it. You know, but but I love pointing that out to the kids because it's it's the essence of our baptismal call it's it's the essence of who we are because if if i don't proclaim christ who's going to you know and if if that's if that's if every single baptized christian says that what oh my goodness right you know what would this world look like and it's so beautiful to see the kids being wowed by the grandeur of our church because i was once like them when I would walk into this church as a child, I'd be like, wow, this is so big. Yep. Not knowing that, A, I was called to be a priest, and B, I was <laughs> going to be called to be pastor of this place one day. And I'm like, I'm still in awe. But as Father Andrew, you know, you asked me if, if I mentioned something to that effect, and I am like, Father Andrew mentioned it, that even mm-hmm. though this building is beautiful, we're the church. Yep. I did mention it. Because what makes Little Flower beautiful, yes, is not only that 
our church is one of the crown jewels of the Archdiocese of Miami, and we treat it as such. But what makes it a crown jewel and what makes it truly beautiful is all of you, the living stones, our parishioners. Because without you, we'd have no church. It'd be an empty building. And we talked about the pandemic you know, earlier. You think about the pandemic and how, and I've spoken in this podcast, you know, how much it hurt me the day that I had to lock it mm-hmm. and keep it locked for two and a half months. And we would go in there to celebrate mass and live stream. And it was, we knew we were doing a service. We knew we were, you know, broadcasting out to the world, but something was missing. Yep. You know, something very important was missing. The living stones were missing, you know, and that's what, made it so awkward. It made it awkward for all of us. So it made it painful for all of us. But now we have this opportunity to be part of the reawakening. And and the Eucharist is part of that. And we're, you're going to hear more in the next month about the Eucharistic revival because on the Feast of Corpus Christi in the in middle of uh, the Sunday before Father's Day, we're, we're going to have a Eucharistic procession that in every church in Miami, we hope there's going to be a Eucharistic procession as you continue the National Eucharistic Revival because Everything comes to life in the Eucharist. And that's where we are reminded that we are chosen. That's where we're reminded that we're part of the living body of Christ. That's where we are strengthened as a body of Christ. That's where we're strengthened as one. And I reminded the kids of that during the First Communion, that the Eucharist makes us one. And as one body of Christ, as you, as you, as you just said, it's our responsibility as St. Peter said in the, in, the, in the second reading yesterday, to, as a chosen race, as a royal priesthood, as a holy nation that is God's own, to go out into the world to tell people that we have been delivered from darkness yep. into the glory of, of, of light. And that's the light we need to abide in during this Easter season and for the rest of the year. To take and that the rest gospel, of our life. The rest of our <laughs> life, yeah. So Because you think, okay, we're, we're doing all these beautiful things and light and, and, yep. and the decorations of Easter and then... And we go back into ordinary time. No, it's it's year la- it's year round. It's for the rest of our lives. And Father Andrew made mention of it during the first communions. I made mention of it during the first communions. That I love Father Andrew how he said, you know, this is like this communion is like you do this in perpetuity. You do this, yep. you know, this is indefinite. That you make your second communion third, and you do this into eternal life. Or we're finally in it is our goal to lose track of how many times we receive communion. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully also how many times we go to confession. Yeah. So we have to remind the kids after they do the first confession, don't say it's your second. Say it's your say it's you've it's been three yep. weeks or it's been two months or whatever it is. But yeah, it's to lose track. Like for example, you know, I I remember that when I started when I was ordained, you know, I I would tell kids, you know, your first mass and I had masses planned that mm-hmm. first week that I was ordained and I don't know. It didn't go even two weeks without, you know, and I lost track of, okay, this is my 15th mass. Or my, and now multiply it by 21 years, and I don't know how many masses I've celebrated. You know, just multiply that 365 times. Well, not only that, is how many times I've celebrated multiple masses mm-hmm. during a day. Um, but it's just, we want to lose track, as you said, because we're abiding in Jesus' love. We're abiding in him. And that's, that's the goal. And want to finish off with how Jesus finished off the gospel yesterday, because Hori was talking about to go out into the world to proclaim the good news, to proclaim that gospel as it's pointing in all the different directions, the four cardinal directions. 
The words that I speak to you, I, I do not speak on my own. The Father who dwells in me is doing his works. Believe in me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe because of the works of themselves. Amen, I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do, and will do greater ones than these because I am going to the Father. And that's so important to understand that Jesus chooses us to do greater works than his. You see that in the Acts of the Apostles have been reading throughout Easter. And I said that yesterday. Well, you know, Jesus wrote, you know, raised people from the dead. Well, so did St. Peter. Mm-hmm. And th- this morning, you know, Paul and Barnabas in the first reading, they cr- cure a crippled man in Greece, in Iconia. And we're called to do these things. We're called to go out. And whether, I mean, maybe you don't want to reach for the stars and resurrect the dead or, or, or cure the crippled, <laughs> but let's start simple. That, that might scare a few people. It might, you know. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm thinking, I don't know why I'm thinking of that, uh, the rules that Genie gives in Aladdin, you know, oh, yeah. you know, it says, you know, I can't bring people back from the dead. It's not pretty. Don't do it. You know, and Robin Williams and just great performance. And, but just start simple. Just announce the name of Jesus. Invite someone to come with you to mass. You start there and remind them they've been chosen by God to go do great works in his name and to do greater works than Jesus did. Yes! Yes! The you! The you! The you! The you! running back. Wow. That's your fiance's boy. Exactly. It's you a no-brainer. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> that guy just... No, but... Just... No. Get out of here. What was that last night? Is uh, Toronto still chanting, we want Florida? You know who was chanting, we want Florida? The Florida Panthers the Florida fans Panthers. as they were leaving. Yeah. Izzy was at the game. <laughs> no way. Izzy was at the game, showed me... Uh, sent 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 uh, uh, your sister and I a, a picture. Izzy, uh, where was my ticket, man? You were you were. Uh, I was a, at an event. At an event. Shocking. I know. Uh, but here's the thing. I I mass ended right as the game was ending, and when I sat down, it was one nothing, and I had not seen any. I didn't see anything in game one. Maybe a little bit at the end. I had a, I had a dinner on Tuesday of last week during game one, and then I had, took my nephew to the movies to see Guardians of the Galaxy. On Thursday, and literally while the credits are rolling, obviously it's a Marvel movie, so you yep. stay until the credits are done to see the post-credit uh, things. There are, I'm not spoiling anything. There are post-credit scenes. So literally, uh, I was watching the last minute and a half oh, wow. of this, of Game Two <laughs> on my phone while the credits are are running because you're just sitting there mm-hmm. and everybody's sitting there. So yesterday I sit down and I tell Father Andrew, I "Go, listen. They've won without me watching. So if you know when we tied the game and Tor- if Toronto scores again." Exile me to my room so I don't see the game. He goes, hey, I'm not going to do that. Nah, I'm not. <laughs> and then about 11 minutes in. Now, now, Father, what have we said about superstition? Yeah, we, I, I did mention about, I did talk about that in the first segment. And I did talk about that in my homily this morning. But um, no, it was, it was a great game. But about 11 minutes left to go in the third, I tell Father Andre, this has an overtime feel. You know, they, they were both being aggressive, but it, yep. it had this, you know, we had a backup goalie for Toronto. and But I don't know where I went to overtime and, and I'm thinking, please finish. I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I need to go to sleep. I'm, I'm tired. We had a long weekend. It was 9.30 already. 
and it was six minutes in. They, they, uh, what a, we were talking about it right before we turned the mic. Beautiful on. goal. You weren't there. I, I sent it to you. It was like, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't, Kachuk, it wasn't Kachuk. No, it wasn't Kachuk. It was, um, Reinhardt. Reinhardt was, he was at the blue line and just, you know, pass it. We always think, why are they dumping it in? Why are they, pass it beautifully off the backboard to, you know, the, to another player who passed it to him behind the board, behind the goal, wraps it around, and we go nuts in the rectory. And Father Andrew and I cannot execute a high five. <laughs> I have no idea why. Because I'm sitting in my lazy boy, he's sitting in his lazy boy to my right. And every time, you know, now the two teams that we have in common are the Yankees, which we shall not speak of. Why not? And because well, maybe later <laughs> when we talk about baseball. But are the Yankees and the uh, and the Heat and you know? But he doesn't he doesn't like. Well, we will watch the, the and obviously the Canes. Right. So whenever when the Canes would score a touchdown, you know he'll he'll reach out to me with his you know he'll come and reach out to his right hand and I'll reach out and we can never execute the high five. I don't know. Why, I'm pretty good at high fives. You know, I give it to the little kids all the time as I walk through the school. It's You're like, just used to little hands. That's I I guess so. But we can't execute. <laughs> A high five. It's it's just weird. So the 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 the, the score goal the 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 goal, the goal is, is scored. Score. There you go. Thank you. And um and yeah that's uh and there were no there were no uh video cameras this time to record. Oh. Record uh, like we did for game seven of uh of the Boston one last last Sunday. But yeah no the Panthers. They're you've playing. seen more. You've seen more than I have. I. I was hesitant to say anything because I didn't want to jinx it. But after the first game, you say about Super I know, but you know, it's, it's <laughs> when it comes to sports, whatever. Uh, Toronto doesn't scare me. It, they haven't scared me after when you slay the Bruins. After we survived Pasternak and the Bruins, and then Toronto, we went up to Toronto and hand. I mean, we handled them up there. Yep. I was like, yeah, this is this this has a sweep feel to it. But now we gotta wait till Wednesday. Wednesday, oh, yeah. Awful. Wednesday is uh is game is game four. Hopefully it's the last game. I, I have noticed something about you, that you are a little more passionate about the Panthers than you are about the Heat. I am. Because you know, you've you've texted me as you're getting ready, the, you know, when the game starts, the kids are getting ready for bed. And, you know, you've texted me pictures of kids, you know, getting ready for the game and That's right. And, but in Heat games, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, it's on the background and I've I've the thing with basketball is I can't get into it until the last two minutes of the game. You're just like my dad. I can't. <laughs> I can't because it's these wild swings that you could be up 20. It's like, okay, it still means absolutely nothing because I'll check back in when there's two minutes left in the game. Anyhow. You could be down 20 and, and come back. and Okay, so I'll watch the last two minutes of the game. So you didn't have to. Well, we had that we were together. But play, uh, I mean, you said it. Playoff hockey is just—it's intense. Playoff hockey is like intense. You, you when, can't take your eyes off. Of it. And and especially in the overtime, yeah. you can't. Like for example, we'll be—you could be on your phone looking at Twitter during the game, but no, during playoff, during the overtime, nope. you got to put everything down. Just everybody shut up. Just concentrate on the game because it could—it ends like no, it yep. can't. It. it will end. It will. Yep. Like that. That and it's just frenetic. Yep. You don't know when it's going to end. You don't know how. Like I—I I, I remember the overtime yesterday. About fifteen seconds in. Toronto got a shot on goal, yeah. and you know Bobrovsky made a pretty routine save. But I'm like, wow, could have ended like that in 15 seconds. Mm -hmm. When listen, I've I remember staying up. I remember it was on pastoral year, and I stayed up to watch a four or five overtime <sighs> game, and it was just and I, and 
And then you went to I see can't your remember. cardiologist the next day. I can't remember. No, it wasn't, it wasn't the Panthers. It was two. I can't even remember the teams that were playing. I think St. Louis, the Blues may have been one of them. I don't remember. But it was like, once you got to the admission. And My I, heart rate's rising just talking about this. Four or five. No, the last game of the 96 uh, yeah. Stanley Cup yep. run, where we lost, we got swept by the Avalanche. The last game, even though no way we were going to come back from a 3-0 deficit, it was 0-0. Zero, zero. And I remember I was on vacation from seminary. We were all in my house. Everyone was watching it. And the game started at 7.30. And, it, and I believe it went to two or three overtimes. It went late. It went. I remember that. Because I had to go. Every, I, wasn't, I, I wasn't allowed to stay up to watch. I remember that Ben Beesrook stood on his head that day. Yep. And it was. It went long. My sister was the last one to stay with me. I woke up the next me. morning to, to heartbreak. Yeah. My sister was the last one to stay with me because she loved hockey i remember taking her to her first uh to her first game and she you know she she was at the time she just graduated high school she was you know basketball player like to you know yeah. get the rebounds down there was a power forward all that but it was it was so heartbreaking but it was still exhilarating because yeah. you just wanted one game you just yep. want to extend that euphoria of the 96 stanley yep. cup final run just one more game and just get one win against colorado and we did it and they it was three overtimes it was three overtimes. So imagine, 20 minutes, 20 minutes, 20. So they played, in essence, two game. games. Yep. And, I, and I always felt bad whenever th those things happen, that they go to the intermission report, and the host tells the analyst, well, what do you think they're t talking about in the locker room now? I'm like, they're tired. What do you want me to say? <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> so that's hockey. The Heat. The Heat. 2-1. Uh, the second game, because it was right not to play Jimmy. And even then... And they almost pulled it off. They almost pulled it off. They just would have rebounded. They, the refs on the on the rim. Yep. You know, it was a shot clock violation. It was not a shot clock violation. That would have made it a one-point game. It would have made it a one-point game, and w that was theirs for the taking. would have come back 2 nothing. We, we would have been going for the sweep tonight. Mm -hmm. But important game tonight. Because we were we were together, and, and we put on the game on, on on Saturday. We were at your parents' house, and nobody was watching it because it was not a It was a runaway. It was a runaway from yep. the beginning. He never trailed. And the entire second half never traded by less than 10. So it was double digits. And Jimmy, not that, Jimmy, yes, he's the straw, the straw that stirs a drink. I can't believe I can't speak the English language this morning, <laughs> but whatever. Uh, but yeah, we're going for a 3-1 lead. I said, we always said he in five. So yep. I believe on when, oh my goodness. I mean that they play on Wednesday also. Oh, we got another two, no, 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 another we don't, two screen We night. don't want that. We're looking. We're both looking at our phones right now, frantically saying, "We don't want that." <laughs> no, we don't want that. Um, yes, it is Wednesday at seven thirty, the same time as the Panther game in New York. So hopefully, both teams. Hopefully, the Panthers, both teams, close it out on Wednesday. But for that, the Heat need to win today. Gabe Vincent, my goodness, he's playing incredible. Max Truce had a great game, and um, I'm boring Jorge. So let's move on to baseball. We extolled the virtues of our local baseball team last week. And what happened? The Braves <sighs> came to town. They had a rough start to May. Now, we did win because we would have been winless had it not been for a balk yesterday. Sandy pitched a great game. Sandy. Went nine innings, but oh, probably should have been pulled. Well, but it was the same. You remember that game last year that he, he literally waved off Mattingly yeah, well, and said, this is this is my game? Yeah. Same thing because Skip came out to talk to him. Yeah. And, and Sandy said, no, no, no. This and is then my... he gave up, you know, the and tying run. he gave up run. the tying run. So, 
that 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 you know what that emboldened Skip a little bit. Yep. New manager saying, you know, when time comes and I'm the manager, yep. I have to pull my ace. We're gonna pull the ace. Yep. Uh, because the Cubs are the Cubs, we went on a balk. Yep. Now you tell me, I'm thinking a walk off balk. No, no, this is the top, top of the yep. fourteen. But here's the thing: fourteen innings. With the runner, with the ghost, with, with the, uh, go- with the, not the ghost stu- runner. yeah, whatever they call it now, the runner on second, the automatic runner. Yeah. That's not supposed to happen. That's two. That they, they did. They did a second at seven and thinning stretch. Yeah. Uh, take me out to the ball game in Wrigley. Yep. And you know the Cubs didn't come back. Well, it was a great game of who wants it less. Yeah, <laughs> we are still undefeated in one run games. That's right. Which and is thanks good. to the alphabet, which is still being used to to rank teams in the divisions. We are ahead of the Mets. In terms of what? If you look at the standings, they, they're not using head-to-head yet. They're still alphabetizing. Well, so because we're Miami and they're New York, we are ah. we are listed first. But there has to be another <laughs> metric. You know, run scored, you know. Or, no, they'll eventually move to head-to-head. I mean, in, I, in the I, rankings, I, I would but. imagine. But yeah, the standings right now, the, the Marlins are in second place. Yep. I can't believe the Mets are 17 and 18. One under. Yep. Braves are running away. We're... Both the Mets and the Marlins seven games back, Phillies eight games back, and Washington. I think nine we're, and a half. we're a game and a half out of a uh, wild card. We were, Not that we it matters because we're in May right yeah. now. But we were the wild card last week. Yep. Um, and you wanted to, you know, just throw more dirt on my on the Yankees' grave in How the basement. How they, they were up? F- I I remember I didn't pay attention you, to you any were of that up game. Six nothing. Yesterday. Six nothing against the best team in baseball. Tampa Bay, which is twenty-eight and seven, through May. Today is May the eighth. They the Yankees are ten games back. They are one game over five hundred, though, which is better than the Marlins. Oh, there you go, and the Mets. <laughs> They're one game better than their crosstown rival, but still, people are going. And I sent it to you yes, last what week. Did, what did Cashman have to say? No, not yeah, Cash. No, it wasn't Cashman. Was it, it was Boone. It was Cashman or Boone? I don't know which. Oh, I think one. it was Cashman. One of those two idiots. Sorry. <laughs> said this team can win the world series i go seriously seriously have you seen the way your team is playing seriously this will make the the whenever we change the the sports montage it'll probably make it into it that's also a a old weekend update bit with the team amy poehler and seth myers stanton still on the il uh yes judges on the il he comes back tomorrow no but stanton i mean is that the most expensive il in the major. Oh my goodness! Harrison Bader came back, hit a home run yesterday. Uh, Garrett Cole pitched great yesterday. I, I I ignored the I ignored the game. Oh, he gave up. He gave up two bombs. But Garrett Cole gives up bombs. You know, I, I between in the intermissions, I switched over to San Diego and and the Dodgers. I thought San Diego was going to win that game. Dodgers came back and won it. Oh well. Whenever those two teams play, always entertaining oh, that's games. Always great. Yep. Always entertaining games. Always great games. Baseball, I mean, I don't. Th- I, I think that the rules have been okay. I mean, because of the heat in the Panthers, you haven't paid much attention right. to. But it's been okay. There, people are trying to find little, you know, little uh, advantages, like they always do. And um, but no, but baseball been okay. But telling me that the Yankees can win the World Series when they are in the basement of their division at the beginning of May, position. I can't recall them unless it was like the first week of the season we got off to a rough start. Nope. No, this late, you know, into the start of the season. Don't remember. 
Red Sox are ahead of us. They're, they on paper have a worse team than we do. Baltimore's looking up. Toronto's looking up, mm-hmm. and obviously Tampa Bay is running right. away with everything. Crazy. I don't know what they're doing up there. Crazy. And they have a. And I, we've said in the podcast before on a dirt cheap, a cheaper payroll than yep. the Miami Marlins. Yep. And compared to the Yankees, you know, it's like the the solid dwellers are beating up on the guys in the penthouse. That's what's happening. The bottom feeders. As remember that, yeah, that term yeah, from 2020 yeah. that the Marlins capitalized on. Now, Inter Miami won. Inter Miami won again. So that's three wins in a row. We have a, a U.S. Cup Open Cup this weekend, and that's great. Uh, you see any of the F1? Nope. <laughs> I, Father Andrew, did see it. Verstappen won again. And he says, Oh, no, I like uh, F1 more than NASCAR. I'm like, Why? There's no, pa- I mean, there's no drama. It's like you have to, it's how you qualify. I mean, that's the way I see it. And this is where Carly will call, probably text me later today and correct me because, you know, he 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 follows these things closely. I, I think NASCAR is more exciting. I watch the Daytona 500 every year, you know, and because you could pass and yeah, but I, Father Andrew's like, oh no, but you're just making left turns. I go, it's just, but yes, it's a road track. Yeah. Now, they did that over there at NF, you know, for F1. They did this track around the state and it looked beautiful on TV. And but there's no drama. And in fact, I, I I saw a headline for an article this morning. I didn't read it, but I saw the headline. It's like, okay, F1's coming to America, but you know, Miami needs to like do something with the track because there's no drama on the. It's mm. a fun event to go to. Right. But there's no drama on the track, and that's my problem with it. That's just, I, again, I I mean, not that I watch motorsports. I you know, it's like. Daytona 500, maybe the Indy 500 comes up in a couple of weeks. See the Monte Carlo one because I've been there yep. and it's a spectacle. But again, that one, they told me also it's Fiat Accompli, how you qualify. Because there's so many turns and you, right. you're going through through Monaco and, and and you're going doing all that. I don't get it. Somebody explain it to me. You know who was big in the F1 Father Flores before it was popular oh, well. because of the Netflix series? He was, you know, big F1 fan nice. before F1 was, became mainstream because of the netflix series so so max verstappen won again uh there was something else that i wanted to mention uh jorge tell us about your famous um golf chip on friday oh it was beautiful <laughs> it was beautiful he so played I, golf without me yesterday I on did, friday i didn't thankfully i had a witness yeah to to attest to the 40 yard chip shot over the over a cart path and over a bunker, and I hold out for, for my first ever birdie. His first ever birdie. He, we played last Tuesday, and was, I lined up for my first ever birdie, and I had the line. It might have been the ugliest shot off the go. off the club I've hit, but it um, it rolled in, and I was I was I'm still a little too stunned to to really he he make sense of he it. He hadn't texted me. <laughs> he hadn't texted me all day, and um, he texted me. I just. Hit a forty-yard chip for for birdie. I go. I don't believe you. He goes. I have a witness. Still don't believe you. Yeah. <laughs> and then you asked my witness. I did. I did. The first time I saw it, <laughs> said, "Did he really? Yeah, he really did." And then the other witness was looking for his ball. Yep. So it was like, no, don't, don't want to. It was. Listen, that that's what keeps us coming back. Is that you said your driver wasn't working on? Oh, it was awful. I was on, tired. Well, you you had I played nine holes. Um, yeah, so so I played on Tuesday, and then nine holes. our our fourth in the group um, had to bow out 
so we had an extra uh, we had an extra shot in each hole. So I was taking all the second drives in oh, the first wow. in the first nine of the. So I take it we're not the playing round. tomorrow. So by the by the tenth, eleventh, and we had to get going, and you know tournaments back up, and we were up in North Miami, so we had to, we had to beat traffic back. So, but by the end of that, I was I was done. I was tired. He hasn't shut up about that chip shot though. But it was. I wouldn't. Beautiful. I wouldn't either. I mean, I it I was hit, a thing of. It was the ugliest, most beautiful thing I've ever seen. The closest <laughs> I've come to it, and I, and I told you the story. The closest I've come to it was in the in the tournament in Dur- the the tournament we did. We were playing Durrell. Uh, at the school tournament, and I was deep in a bunker that the hole is above my head, yeah. and the the three other guys I'm playing with, my dad and, and two teachers were there, and I shoot the ball straight up, and it rolls in, and they're like going oh, and I still can't get out of the thing. Oh, it was By an inch, an inch missed, uh, missed the cup. That would that's, have been the equivalent. But that's golf. How many times have we lined up for a simple birdie putt? Yeah, and, and we, can't, and make we can't make it. So he made his first. I, like I said, I lined up for my first last Tuesday. And it was beautiful broad shot. And I was right there. And I had the line and nada. And I think I two-putted it after that yep. for a bogey when I lined up for a birdie. That's golf, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Denny Hamlin wins Kansas in NASCAR because so we can keep our motorsports Theme going. And pickleball? No pickleball today. <laughs> no pickleball. Nah, nada. French, Op- uh, French Open's coming up. We're on Garros if you want to talk that. That's coming up at the end of the month. So he played a night. Let's do Heat in five. And um, hopefully the Marlins have a better week because uh, last week was just, oh, wow. We got Zach Gallen again today. Fun. Like every time we play, play Arizona, we get Zach Gallen. And he pitched well against us yep. on. Um, Last time we we played, and we should take Arizona. Come on, all well, right, Jazz, folks. Jazz has to wake up. Jazz needs to wake up. A lot of people need to wake up, and you people need to wake up. Wake the people around you up, because we're a chosen race, a holy priesthood, a priest, a people of that, a holy nation that it is God's own. So wake people up. And this weekend is Mother's Day. Go to take mom to mass, make her happy, you know. And, uh, and if mom isn't here, pray for her soul. We, we pray for her soul as well. As during our Mother's Day novena, but it's a beautiful, a beautiful weekend to take your mom to mass and pray for the five young men who will be ordained priests of the Archdiocese of Miami this Saturday. So, all this stuff, reminder, we're chosen, living stones to do great things in His name and greater than His. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.